trust you found your place in the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 6. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, and I'll be reading from verse 45 down to verse 49. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, and verse number 45. We stand as we honor God by the reading of his word. Luke, chapter 6, and verse 45. The Bible says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built his an house, and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man with that, without a foundation built an house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you for the guidance, the wisdom, the understanding, and the courage that we can glean from what you have said. Lord, I pray today as we look into your word and as we hear from you today that your word would speak to each and every heart and that it would find a lodging place where it can take root and bear fruit. Dear Lord, we recognize that without you, we can do absolutely nothing. And you are a God who you honor your word. And I pray that as it goes forward today, that you would use it in a special way to accomplish your will and purpose in each and every life. I pray that if there is someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that today will be the day of their salvation. And that every believer would be challenged and motivated Take a closer walk with you. Give me the words you'll have me to say on this occasion and ask that you cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with the precious Holy Spirit. Take full control, have your divine way, and may everything that's said and done bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you once again for who you are, what you've done, and what you're doing in our lives. Take full control. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. If you and I were to observe any building or structure, it's very natural for us to observe the beauty of the design, the color, even the windows, and the various aspects of that structure that give it appeal and its beauty. However, one of the most crucial and important parts of the building is one that is not seen and might not even be appreciated. And that is the steel within that structure. Without steel, the most beautiful buildings would crumble even before construction is complete. 
And if the building managed to remain intact, it would take very little for it to come crumbling down. Steel is vital. Steel is critical because it provides reinforcement for the walls. It gives reassurance that the building will be able to stand when the storms and the winds blow against it. This same principle was taught by Jesus in Luke's gospel, chapter 6. Very familiar passage to most of us. And Jesus, using an analogy of a physical building, speaks to lives. He makes a spiritual application. And he says, whoever comes to me and heareth my sayings, I will show you to whom he is like. He says, if you build your house on the rock of my word, it will stand. But he says, if you were to deny my word and to disobey what I am saying, you are likened to a man who builds his house on the sand. In other words, he was saying, if you're going to have a life, and if you're going to build a a home, and a a nation, and a country uh, that is going to be standing, it has to have the reinforcement of the word of God. We're celebrating Father's Day today. And God has given fathers the unique privilege and responsibility of leading in the home. But I'm sure you would agree with me that in large part, homes are in a mess. Homes are in chaos. Homes are in turmoil. We see this manifested in so many ways in our society. And I'm here to submit to each and every one of us today that God has given fathers, men, husbands, the responsibility to provide the reinforcement in the home. Now I'm using this word reinforcement not in a sense of having to determine that something is going to be the case, even though that that might be an application, but I'm using that word in that Husbands, fathers in the home ought to provide the steel, the reinforcement through the word of God so that families and homes can stand the test of time. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, speaking to the seriousness and the significance of this responsibility says, but if any, Speaking specifically to fathers, provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. God is saying I've given such a sober and noble responsibility to, to a father that if he were to deny that responsibility for providing, and not just physically, he's saying that father is worse than an infidel. So fathers are intended by God to provide for their homes, physically, financially, otherwise. 
But most importantly, he's to provide the reinforcement that will keep his family when things get tough. My friend, the enforcement comes from the word of God. Homes that are not built on the principles of the word of God will suffer, will eventually crumble. And this morning, I want to preach a message entitled Reinforcements from Fathers. Reinforcements from Fathers. And as we we examine a number of reinforcements this morning, I want you to think of the analogy of of a building that has that steel within it uh, that will allow it to stand up when those winds and those foundations even of the earth might shake Physically speaking, my friend, we need reinforcement in our families and our homes prior to the shaking. Prior to the blowing so that those homes can stand and withstand the pressures of life. And we're going to look at a number of biblical characters to illustrate this this morning. So I trust you have a Bible because that's going to be very important in this message and should be important in every message. But I trust you have a Bible to look on. And we're going to look at a number of reinforcements that God in his wisdom has ordained that these exist in our homes to keep our families grounded and strong. Notice first of all, the reinforcement of physical protection. You can jot that down. Physical protection. Protection and to, uh, to see this, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. And we're going to see this principle borne out by Nehemiah himself. And we know the background to me, Nehemiah's life, that he was living in a heathen country where they had been captive. And he was doing well in the palace. But God laid a burden on his heart to go back and to help to restore the building of the walls in Jerusalem. And I want you to notice some principles that Nehemiah embraced in helping to keep the people together. I want you to notice, first of all, that if all families are going to be physically protected... As a father, you're going to have to rely on the power of prayer. Now, if you're familiar with the story, you must understand that the Israelites were in a very precarious position. They were trying to rebuild the walls and such that they were exposed to the enemies. They were exposed to physical attacks, hence the need to rebuild. And so during such time, they did not have the defense needed to be able to protect themselves. But look at what they did in verse number 9. The Bible says, nevertheless, meaning despite all the obstacles, despite all the opposition, despite all the potential fears, we made our prayer unto our God. Amen. My friend, we are living in a world where our children are are exposed to so much 
chaos, so much mess, listen, so much spiritual attacks, but thank God we have the power and the privilege of prayer to our God. No matter how wonderful a father you might be, you cannot be with your children 24-7. You're going to have to spend time. We must spend time praying with our children, praying with our family. My friend, there are spiritual attackers and attacks luring and waiting for your children and for your family that need the hand of God and the power of God to ward them away. Prayer is indispensable. And to be able to physically protect our families, we must utilize prayer. But I want you to notice something else that Nehemiah did that we're going to have to do. Nehemiah prayed, but he didn't stop there. Nehemiah prayed, and he did something else. He patrolled. He didn't just stand on his knees. He walked around and he looked at what was happening. My friend, if you're a father, you're going to have to pray, but you're going to have to patrol. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, look this, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Father, you're going to have to be vigilant. You're going to have to be watchful. Evil is ever present. When it comes to this matter of raising our children, we're going to have to observe some things. We're going to have to observe their behavior. We're going to have to observe their moods. We're going to have to listen to them, be available to understand their concerns and their fears. Oftentimes in preaching, and this came up when I met with the men as we were looking at the matter of homiletics, and they mentioned that in preaching, of course, my preaching, that, and I asked this question, what do you, you know, find or observe about illustrations? And they said, Pastor, oftentimes you use your family in illustrations. And you're going to have to pardon me as I use my family in some illustrations this morning, and I don't mean to embarrass any of them. But years ago, some time ago, well, it was a a few years ago, my son was having some difficulty sleeping. And he was having nightmares. And once the lights would go out, he would feel like things are crawling on the walls. And these fears would just overwhelm him. And we couldn't figure out what it is that's going on. And we would try to tell him, listen, there's nothing there. But these fears just seemingly couldn't go away. This went on for some time. And I remember one night I got up and I said, listen, I have to deal with this. We have to deal with this in a different way. I can't just convince him that there's nothing running on the walls. 
I can't just convince him with my words that, 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 that what he's experiencing in his mind is not happening. And I got the word of God and went to Psalm 27. Listen, I went through that. Listen, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Uh, in whom will I fear? The Lord, listen, my trust. And uh, we went to that that chapter, that psalm, for about 45 minutes, we talked about it. We, we talked about the reality. Uh, when my mother and father forsake me, God will lift me up. And my friend, by the grace of God, listen, he got rid of that fear. Yeah. Yeah. I had him repeat it. I had him read it. I had him rehearse it when I was not there. And thank God there was deliverance because of the word of God. My friends, sometimes all of our talking is not what's needed. We need our children to have confidence in God himself. But I would not have known that if we were not patrolling. I would not have known that if we were not listening. And so in order to provide physical protection, listen, you got to pray. You got to patrol. And here's the third thing you got to do. You got to preoccupy. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says, And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught. Look at this. That we returned all of us to the wall. Look at this. Everyone unto his work. What am I saying? In order to protect your family, you have to engage them in the work of God. Let them do the work of God. Preoccupy them with the things of God. Involve them. Encourage them to be involved. The devil finds work for idle hands. My friend, when you're involved in the work of God, understand this as well, that the church of the living God offers a hedge of protection for your family. By the way, I didn't have this in my notes, but that's why you ought not to tear it down as imperfect as you think it is and as we know it is. It is a hedge to your family. If you tear it it down, you're tearing down your own protection. This reinforcement of physical protection, it is vital. But notice a second reinforcement, if you will. Second reinforcement of financial freedom. Some of you are saying, Pastor, this is the one I've been waiting for all along. Where in the Bible you find this one? Return to Genesis chapter 45. And we'll see this reinforcement that fathers are responsible in providing for their families. Genesis chapter 45, we have here the example of Joseph. I don't want you to notice very quickly some things about Joseph 
that we are to implement in our lives. My friend, the story of Joseph is very familiar to most. We understand that uh, he was a slave sold by his brothers into Egypt. He's, He's in a foreign land. But look at some things that Joseph incorporated as a part of his life that delivered him and his family in a foreign land. Financial freedom, there has to be diligence. Be consistent. Joseph was diligent in saving during the time of plenty when Pharaoh had, had put him as, uh, not yes, Pharaoh had put him as second in charge because he knew that the time of famine was coming and so he was diligent in saving for the time of famine. He was just able to provide when the famine came. Joseph was a very diligent worker. Which is why he prospered no matter where he was. When he was part of his house, he prospered. When he was in the prison, he prospered. When he was in the palace, he prospered. Why? Because he had the trait of diligence. Let me say this to all men. Young men, middle-aged men, old men, no matter where you are. Listen, don't be a lazy man. Don't be a lazy man. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 15 says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. That's what the Bible says. So if you see laziness coming over you, listen, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Be diligent. Here's the second thing that David has. That, listen, prospective fathers and fathers are going to have to have not only some diligence, but some drive. Some drive. Now, if you have a vehicle of the automatic variety, what gear do you have to put in it, it in to go forward? My friend, it has to be on the D. It has to be in drive if you're going to go forward. My friend, I will submit to you that you cannot go forward if you decide to remain in park. You're not going anywhere. You got to get over the park and put it in drive. We got too many men in park. They're in the same place after 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years because they have not changed the gear stick from park to drive. They got to move it from park. But here's another gear you cannot be in if you're going to go forward. You cannot be also in neutral. You can't be in neutral. Because if you're in neutral, when things are good, you're going good. You're going downhill. Let's say you're moving, but when things get difficult, you're going backwards. You got to get in drive. You can't be in neutral, my friend. Drive moves you forward when difficulty comes. And my friend, mark it down, difficulty will come. 
There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Joseph had some goals. And he was determined to accomplish these goals. You have to have some passion. Some get up and go. If you're going to have financial freedom. Some diligence he had. Some drive. But he also had some discretion. Joseph knew how to spend wisely. He set some guidelines. He had some discretion to come up with a solid economic plan in the first place. And Pharaoh saw his wisdom and put him in charge. Here's the thing about discretion. Discretion must be demonstrated in order for you to be promoted. Jesus himself speaking says that in order to be a ruler over much, you have to know how to rule over little. The parable of the talents. Matthew's gospel chapter 25 verse 21, his Lord said unto him, speaking unto those who had done well with the five and done well with the two, well done thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over Many things enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. My friend, if you want to be promoted in every aspect of life, you have to demonstrate discretion when you are managing little so that you can then be entrusted with more and much. These were principles found in David's life, Joseph's life, rather. But notice he also had a quality of discernment. Very important. Father, you must know your family's needs and be sensitive to them, get this, even when and if they are not important to you. When I just got married, I had to learn this. I had to learn that for my wife and for the wives, getting their hair done is a major priority. And it costs five times as much as it costs me to get my hair done. And it takes five times as long. That is absolutely the truth. But I had to realize that that's a priority. Here's the other thing that we got to understand as men. That children don't stay the same size. You bought a pair of shoes for them in kindergarten. They can't wear those same shoes in grade six. You just can't. I bought clothes for you two years ago. I really want some more clothes again. They outgrew them. And sometimes we want the mothers them to buy, 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 buy some clothes that are too big. And we say, we just put a hem in there. Just take it out when they reach third grade. I had some friends who used to call them, look at my pants and say, boy, when you got a Bethlehem. 
And even when you're ironing the pants, you see all the lines in them. All the lines from when you were in third grade. The iron, the iron line is still there. Now you're in fourth grade, you see another line. Please supposed to run vertical, not horizontal. My friend, if you want a family and you want children, know that you're going to have to provide for them. That's a reinforcement that we need in our families. Listen, I know things are tough. You might have to cut some of the other things. Some of the other going out and hanging out with the guys and spending money on foolish things. That have no value. But the reinforcement of financial freedom. The reinforcement of physical protection. But notice a third reinforcement. And this is the reinforcement of emotional equilibrium. You say, Pastor, what is that? Let's look at the example of Joseph. Another Joseph in Matthew's Gospel chapter 1. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. This one is one that I tell you, as husbands and fathers, we, we probably never master. The, the, the responsibility of emotional equilibrium. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, we understand the story here of, of, of the birth of Jesus Christ. And Mary, Bible says, his mother was exposed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Can you imagine the questions that Joseph had? Imagine the turbulence and the doubt, the feeling of betrayal that he was dealing with. And the Bible says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Understand that Joseph, before he reacted, thought and prayed and sought God. And God answered. And as fathers and as husbands, my friend, we have to have the reinforcement of equi emotional equilibrium. In other words, emotional stability. And here are some things that we must apply to our lives and to our families by extension. The quality of patience. Here's what I've learned and I'm still learning as a father and as a husband. Don't react to everything. Sometimes you have to just listen and observe. And here's the other thing in demonstrating patience. Don't try to figure out everything. Especially things that are not said. Sometimes you just have to be quiet and watch and listen. 
demonstrate some patience. Joseph could have thrown off the handle and gone and told the whole community, this woman, whatever. But the Bible said he sat and he thought. And while he was thinking, God spoke to him. My friend, my young man, father, you're going to have to have some patience. When everybody is flying off the handle in the home, you got to be the even keel. Patience. But here's another thing that you're going to need. Prudence. Prudence is is that wisdom, that quality that says I'm going to be wise so as not to make a bad situation worse. I, I know sometimes it seems crazy. And believe me, I'm talking from experience. Sometimes you have to just realize This situation is not one, even though you are the father and you are the head of the home, you're not intended to come up with the solution. You know, as men, oftentimes we are solution-oriented. This is a problem. I got to fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Sometimes, to be honest with you, you can't fix it. Just within the last year, I'm just going to tell you, give you an example of why sometimes you, the, our desire to fix it is not the solution. My wife was complaining about some, about hot flashes and these hot flashes that, I mean, the room is in my mind cool and it's just burning up. And me and my zest and zeal to Solve the problem. Decided I'm going to call the AC company and I'm going to put AC in the rooms. And hear the joke now. Now I put AC in the rooms and I'm still paying for it. Nobody using the AC because Nevlet builds a sweaty roof. I'm still paying for it and nobody using it. Such is the nature of always being solution oriented. But here's something else that we got to be as men, proactive. You know, one of the things that we have to be with our family, be affectionate. Be affectionate fathers to your wives, to your children. Respond to feelings and not always actions. Sometimes your family, they're going to act crazy. In your mind. In your mind. Okay, it's going to seem crazy to you. It's going to seem illogical. It's going to seem irrational. But what you got to do, you got to peel back past the actions and try to understand what is the feeling that is driving that. And so sometimes when you think that they're just acting, they know, just come and give a warm hug and say, you know what, it's okay. And you'll be amazed at how things go after that. And all the wives and mothers said, yeah. see, I'm giving you the secret. 
And you're getting all this for free. You didn't pay a thing to come through the door. Here's another thing in being proactive. Don't wait to be asked about everything. Don't wait to be told. Think of some things that demonstrate thoughtfulness. Relieve some burdens that your family members may be having. Your children and your wife. You know, sometimes they may take a little extra effort out of you, but and the Navy is a small place, so this is possible. Maybe not in large countries, but sometimes, you know, drop your wife off to work and right at the door so she don't have to worry about going and parking and all the stress of walking from there. Listen, it relieves an emotional burden. That's, by the way, that's an example. I mean, that may not work for you, but I'm saying think of things that are sensitive, that demonstrate sensitivity. The reinforcement of emotional equilibrium. Not always an easy one. But notice finally this morning, and we all, we're done here with this one, and very important and critical, the reinforcement of spiritual stability. Let's look at the example of Abraham in closing in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. I want you to look at what God himself said of Abraham in the responsibility that God had entrusted to him in leading his family. Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 16, the Bible says, And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For look at this. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Father, you are responsible for providing the spiritual leadership in your home. And in doing so, you're going to have to do four things. First of all, you're going to have to listen. And when I say listen, I'm talking about listening to God. We don't have time to turn there, but in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 5, God spoke to Abraham and asked him to leave his home and native land to go to a land that he will show him. And he was in tune with God even as a father. And even as someone who would be the father of God's chosen people from the land of Ur, he was sensitive enough to hear God, to listen. Here's the second thing you're going to have to do, Father. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to rehearse the word of God. You're going to have to remember the word of God. You're going to have to study the word of God. You're going to have to spend some time to hear and to learn what God is saying, what God requires of you in this responsibility. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you're going to have spiritual stability, you've got to listen. You've got to learn. And then you got to lean. you got to trust God. Abraham was, went trusting God. Abraham is listed in the hall of faith because of his dependence on God. And then finally, you're going to have to lean. 
Father, you're going to have to provide direction. You're going to have to teach your children. You're going to have to teach your wife. But the best way to do that is to lead by example. You simply cannot say, we simply cannot say one thing and do another. This is one thing, the good thing to have them in church, but it's a better thing to come with them. Because in our home and in our house, I'm talking about growing up as a child, being in church was an absolute priority. Being obedient to God was a priority. Tithing was a priority. And as a result, all of us as children, we don't struggle with tithing. You know why? Because it doesn't belong to us. These things were instilled. It was instilled that we sacrifice for the things of God. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rot does not corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. And here's the thing about leading by example. And if you don't get anything from this message, get this. That when you follow God, when you are obedient to God, and God blesses you, that is what those who are following you need to see so that they can embrace it for themselves. That's where we are missing it. Those who are following us have to be convinced, not just based on our words, that God is real, but they have to see it in our lives that God is real, and then they make that God their God. If that step doesn't happen, you'll be pulling and tugging until they have an opportunity to say, I'm out of here. There has to be a point because they are convinced that, listen, I see what God has done for my father. I see what God has done for my mother. And I'm making up my mind. Come what may, I'm making that my God for myself. That is why if we're not willing to lead by example, it's literally almost wasting time. And when they see it for themselves and they're convinced... They make it their own faith. And they make God, not just their father's God or their mother's God, but their God. And in doing so, we would have fulfilled a very important responsibility and reinforcement of providing spiritual stability. Not just for our children, not just for our family, but for generations to come. We need some reinforcements, don't we? We need some steel, if you will, in our homes. Homes are wobbling. Homes are falling apart because that reinforcement is missing. And it needs to come primarily from the fathers let's let's reassess let, let, let's gird up L- let's, 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 let's put some steel in so that our families can stand and weather the attacks of the devil and the storms of this life 
And with God's help, we certainly can do it.